and welcome to the Shepherding Talk podcast. My name is Aaron Kimple. Great to have you with us. Leading from the middle. Great concept. Got that idea from a friend of mine, Mike Sullivan, as he preached a funeral for dear friends of ours, Brett and Wendy Kincaid. Leading from the middle. I'm going to use that to talk about Priscilla and Aquila. Great couple in in the New Testament. Learn a lot from them. So join Reuben Prevost and me as we discuss leading from the middle. God bless you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Monday Night Bible Study. Uh, Today, you've got uh, Aaron and Reuben. And Aaron's actually going to be talking to us a little bit about leading from the middle. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to go with that. I'm kind of interested, and I hope you're interested too. So why don't we uh, just allow Aaron a couple of minutes just to give us a brief overview of what he's going to be talking about. I don't know where I'm going either. So, no, I'm just kidding. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, I got this term from a friend, uh, Mike Sullivan, who's a preacher in Indiana, and he's the one that uh, preached the funeral for our good friends, Brett and Wendy Kincaid, who died tragically in a storm. Um, those of you who are members at Dallin Road, and maybe if you're in other places, you've heard of uh, what happened to Brett and Wendy. They died in a storm while they were camping, <clears throat> but we were, we were talking about the influence that they had in their life around in, in the congregation and around different people that they knew. And Mike was saying his best way to summarize it was that they led from the middle. It wasn't like they were out front names and lights, you know, person giving the sermon every Sunday or the, you know, the person you'd see out front leading everybody, but their influence was felt everywhere because they lived among people. They lived with people. They, they, they influenced people. They were constantly with others, uh, in great, strong relationships. And, uh, Sadly, sometimes we don't recognize that until someone's uh, gone, uh, although many of us understood that about Brett and Wendy. But it, it's afterwards when you, all the stories get told, Ruben, you know, that it's a, wow, they sure had influence on a lot of people. And like I said, their names are never in lights, but but they were among people leading from the middle. And that's, I think, the kind of people that Paul was always highlighting in his letters that that they weren't the Peters, right? They weren't the Pauls and the Johns, yeah. but they were everywhere. And Paul says, I really want to make sure that everybody sees these people because they're the ones who are really helping the kingdom grow. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm excited about this study because uh, we don't yeah. really think about that too often. The people who maybe aren't always in the spotlight but have a really large influence among people, among God's people, among the people that are around. Ah, I I like the study. All right, why don't you take it away? Why don't you get us started? Okay. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I guess as we think about that, sometimes, Ruben, you know, when we we preach and then, you know, somebody might think, well, maybe I wish I could preach, you know, or, or, or if I can do something great for the kingdom, you know, maybe it's to be a preacher or to be an elder, which being an elder, man, that's a great aspiration. And we certainly want our men to do that. But I, I think about Priscilla and Aquila, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to write that. I've already written about Aquila, I mean uh, Priscilla, but I was thinking about how can I do this with Brett and Wendy, because now when I'm thinking about my friends Brett and Wendy, I think about Priscilla and Aquila. And that's who I, re- I really want to talk about tonight, because, you know, when we think about cities in the, in the New Testament, Reuben, that like Rome, Corinth, Ephesus, I mean, we know Paul was there. We know Apollos was there. You know, John, 
at one point is in Ephesus. Paul or Peter's one time, he, or he ends up in Rome, I'm sure. So, you know, they, they preached in very hard places. Timothy was told to remain in Ephesus and, and uh, he was there as a, as a preacher. He was out front. You know, he was appointing elders. He was preaching, you know, Paul again, out front as an apostle, appointing elders, preaching in these different places. And you hear a lot about them. But then there's this couple that was in every one of those cities, hospitable in every one of those cities, working for Jesus in every one of those cities, enduring persecution in every one of those cities. You know, and, and it's this couple called Priscilla and Aquila. And they just impressed me, Ruben. Yeah, no, they're an amazing couple. Um, and, you know, we don't hear too, too many sermons. I mean, you may every now and then you hear a little bit about them, uh, but not too often. But the influence mm -hmm. they had among just among Paul, uh, among Apollos, among the people they were around, that had to be a just a great influence. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is, is they were there. And, and it was like a consistent, steady influence. And that's one of the things that, you know, just to go back to my friend, Brad, and, you know, he was the kind of guy, he made the same thing every morning was bacon and eggs. I mean, and you knew what you would get with him. Right. And there's those kind of people yeah. there, you know, what you're going to get with them. They're just steady. Right. It's, yeah. it's, I know what they're going to eat every morning. I know how they're going to be at two o'clock in the afternoon. They're just steady. They're consistent. And I think about whenever we read about these churches, well, who's hosting those churches in their home? <laughs> who's hosting the evangelist, right? Who's taking the preacher aside and showing him a better way? It's Priscilla and Aquila. Who's risking their necks for the Lord Jesus? It's Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight some of those examples. We're going to start in Acts 18, Reuben, and, and, and uh, just to show that. Because I, I believe that's where most of us live. I mean, not everybody's going to be a preacher or an, or an elder or, or someone who's going to get a lot of that attention. But I tell you, it's the people back in the, the back classrooms, as you know, Ruben, that are, you know, we have a sister that comes here in the afternoon on Sunday and spends all afternoon working on class material and working on getting yeah. things ready for kids' classes, you know? Yeah. Well, that's steady. You can count on that, right? right? And those are the kind of people that are making the kingdom go. There's, there's people who are visiting, people who are helping shut-ins, people who are helping those who taking them to doctor's appointments. Uh, yeah. There are those who are constantly pulling someone aside. I had two former elders the other day, Ruben, pull me aside and just shepherd my heart. They knew I was grieving. Again, their names aren't lights, you know. They right. can say, well, we've retired from the kingdom. We're not elders anymore. But they took me aside and they shepherded my heart. And I just think about those kind of people. And, and so, yeah. yeah it's, Did you have any comments before I read? Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. Sometimes we look at Scripture and we'll start reading and, and we'll view God as the God who's like over all of these important things, which he is, um, God over the nations. And so in Genesis, there's this, um, this work of nation building, an effort of nation building, you know, God building his nation through Abraham. And then in Exodus, we have Moses leading God's people, and that continue, continues in, in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And then in Joshua, Joshua's leading God's people. In Judges, you have various people leading God's people. You have the same thing in Samuel and, and Kings, various people leading God's people. And it's all this very 
this very like big picture stuff, like very important stuff. God is over the nations. God is ruling the affairs of his nation through these various mm-hmm. people. Um, but in the middle of all of that, you know, it could almost seem like, well, well, I guess God's concerned with me because he's over all of this and big important stuff like nation building and keeping his nation on track. Well, is he as concerned with me? And in the middle of that, you've got like this little family who's they're not really leading anybody. Um, and they've got their own problems. Uh, but God's looking out for them too. Two, two little That's families, right. actually. So you've got Ruth uh, and Naomi, and God is involved there in that mm-hmm. little family, not just nation building. And then you have Hannah and her her little affair at the beginning of First Samuel. And God, again, is involved there in the affairs of just a person, right? Not a yeah. big nation, not necessarily a king, not someone who's always going to be in the spotlight. They are in the spotlight because they're in Scripture now, but probably at that time they wouldn't have been in the spotlight. Right. Um, we would never would have known them Yeah, had yeah. God not pointed them out. That's right. And so God is involved even in the little work and not just the big affairs of running nations or overthrowing nations or whatever it may be. He's involved in households and individuals. Yeah. You know, I was, before we started recording, I was telling you about another example and just thinking about the, the Shunammite woman in, uh, second Kings four, who had, had, they built an addition onto their house for a preacher for Elisha, you know, and, uh, again, um, you don't hear a lot about her. I mean, you hear a lot about Elisha, but you hear just a little bit about her. But, you know, Elisha's like, well, what can I do for you? Can I talk to the king on your behalf? Can I do this? She's like, I just live among my people. And I love that. I love yeah. that line in Second Kings 4. I just, I dwell among my people. I don't want my name in lights. I don't want attention. Please don't talk to the king about me. I have nothing to grab for. I live among my people. And, and that's how I see the Priscilla and Aquila is, is wherever they went, they, they just served God and um, right. they weren't looking for any of that. And I think that's, like I said, where most Christians are and need that encouragement that you are doing amazing and great things for the kingdom. So yeah. let's look at Acts chapter 18. Um, in, in verse one, <clears throat> it says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth and he found a Jew named Aquila. Aquila or Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. Okay, so think about just that. I mean, one of the things I think about is dealing with hard things. How do you, as you're listening to this tonight, how do you deal with hard things? Do you think, do you really, do you really believe that's part of leading from the middle? And I believe it is, because as you deal with hard things, other people see how you deal with it. Do you give up on God? Do you get bitter? Do you, do you get, you know, just negative and cynical? Or do you lead with grace and humility, saying, we're going to follow God no matter what. No matter what happens, we're still going to follow God. Well, these people were booted out of their homes. And what did you find them doing? So we'll just read, and then we'll uh, I'll throw it back over to you here, Ruben. But... Uh, Uh, He went to see them because he was of the same trade, and he stayed with them. Notice that. They've been booted out of their homes, and they're still hospitable. (laughs) I love that. He stays, you know, they stay with him. Uh, He stays with them, and they work for, they were tent makers by trade, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So there's just at least a couple things there. One is how they deal with hard things. 
they remained faithful to God. And even in another place, they said, we're going to use what we have, whatever it is, to help somebody else. And so they're doing their trade, but while they're doing that, say, hey, Paul, why don't you stay with us? I just think that's awesome. Yeah. And and it gets I mean, overlooked. Yeah. And just and sometimes we read really quickly past the Claudius ex- expelled all the Jews from <laughs> Rome. I mean, that's their that's where that's, that's where their bank is. I mean, we have an international network of of banks where we put all of our money in and we can move anywhere and just keep our money. And for them it just it wasn't quite as simple as that. And so likely they just they ended up leaving or or a lot of their wealth was just taken from them because they lost their home mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they were just kicked out. And so that's a lot of their wealth gone. Luckily they are they're tent makers and so they do have a trade where they can pick up and, and move, you know, theoretically pretty easy, but they lost a lot mm-hmm. of wealth and we'd be freaking out. And we, you know, we would, I, I'd be losing my mind over, over this, but they are still concerned about the brothers and sisters still being hospitable yeah. to people who are around them, even though their worlds came crashing down for a little while there. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, one of the last posts that, that Wendy um, put on her Facebook, they, they were going to go camp and they were thinking about canceling because of the weather. Um, and, but they said, you know, make the best of it. And that's kind of the way they were is, you know, they, they dealt with a lot of hard things, but they wanted to make the best of it. And that's one of the reasons I think of, you know, uh, Aquila and Priscilla when I think of Brett and Wendy, but you know, this, this idea of, of make the best of it. Okay. Life's going to hit us hard. It's going to hit you in the mouth, whether you're a Christian or not. What are you going to do with that? You know, we're just going to crumple up and quit. No, we're not going to do that. We're, we're going to, we're going to make the best of it. And, uh, so we, that's what we see here. And like you said, yeah, there could have been a lot lost there. It could have been just get out. Right. And so a lot was left and they just left. Um, side point, there's an important reason to help our young people know trades <laughs> because there you, go. you can always take that with you. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's my little plug. All I right. like it. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I like I'm it. I'm big That's on awesome. that. I'm big on that. No matter what you do. I told my son, Joseph, no matter what you do, learn a trade. Uh, because he was of the same trade and he stayed with them and worked for, they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned again, every Sabbath. But another thing about this that I don't, I can say this in every passage, but you see Priscilla and Aquila, you don't, you see them as a godly couple working together. And I, and I want to camp on that for a moment, Ruben, because okay. one of the things, as I think about this couple, you don't have to be married to work for God. Please hear me if you're going to listen tonight. So, well, I got to be married. No, you don't have to be married to work for God. Paul was single, but if you're married, work as a team. Don't work as two individuals for Christ with your own agendas, because I see that happening sometimes. You got people competing and there's pride and there's bettering each other. Like I'm, I'm one up in you. No, we're working as a team, you know, and I love the word that Paul uses later when he's describing them. He calls them fellow workers. The idea of uh, Sunergos, I don't know. It's like synergy. We get synergy today. Yeah. They were working together. And I think as a couple and as with Paul, they were together. They, they were, they had a good marriage, Ruben. They, they were godly yeah. people and they worked as a team. They didn't work as individuals for the kingdom. They worked as a team. And I, I try to encourage couples to think about that kind of thing. And, and I think that this, this couple of Quilla Priscilla gives us an example of if we're going to work for God. Let's, let's do it in a united way. 
and other people clearly see that. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. taking care of marriages really is an evangelistic tool. I mean, I mean, not that we do it just to be evangelistic, but I mean, people no. clearly see that. And uh, I think that helps. I mean, I know you're probably going to get into later in the chapter whenever they deal with Apollos, mm-hmm. um, but it seems that they do that as a, as a team, right? As, you know, right. One, as one flesh, because there's a lot that goes into that concept of being one flesh. And so, yeah, that's something that's clearly important and a way that <laughs> we, we don't always think about it, because I actually, this is the first time I'm hearing of this concept leading from the middle, but that's a way we can lead from the middle. We can have a good influence on others just by the way we live with our spouse and the way we yeah. do marriage. Yeah. I mean, I look around at Dowlin here, Dowlin Road, and I see different couples. I mean, again, their, their names aren't in lights and they're not, you know, every once in a while you might see one lead a prayer, one of the guys lead a prayer or do something, but, but they have great marriages, you know, and they're hospitable or whatever, you know, and they're great encouragers. And you think about, okay, man, we'll take a whole heap of that. Cause that's how the kingdom grows. And that's what Aquila and Priscilla did. So they had a good marriage. Uh, obviously they're, they're dealing with hard things with grace. Um, we see that they're hospitable and we're going to talk more about that because there's some other passages that will refer to that, um, uh, in just a moment. But, um, so as you, as you see the idea of being fellow workers with Paul, you know, Paul's name, I say that Paul's name is in lights. I hope people understand what I'm trying to say, but it's just the idea of Paul is the one we talk about. We don't yeah. typically have a lot of conversations about Priscilla and Aquila. All right. We have a lot of conversations about Paul, but who's with him? You know, it's, it's Priscilla yeah. and Aquila. Let's notice uh, Acts 18. Well, let me just, no- I have to note this. Corinth was a hard place to live. It was a hard place to preach. Yeah. If Jesus has to come in the middle of the night, Reuben, to encourage Paul with his own voice, tells me it's a pretty hard place. Yeah. Don't be afraid, Paul. Well, well I can't just isolate that to Paul because he's not the only one there. Priscilla and Aquila are there too. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and uh, as I'll, I'll read it later, but Paul says they risk their necks for me. Yeah, so while they're man. in Corinth, yeah, in Rome, Ephesus, the, again, they, they don't get the, a lot of attention, but Paul's not being Paul without Aquila and Priscilla. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, because I think about how much Paul has had, had an impact on the church, right? Just think about, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there are books on Paul. There's the new perspective on Paul for anyone who knows. Paul clearly has had a it. huge impact on the church. But, I mean, who had an impact on Paul? It's pretty awesome yeah. to think about. You know, I was yeah. there was something I was thinking about. Again, just people who aren't in the spotlights, who, don't, who we don't know very much about, but likely just had a, had a great impact on people. I think of Peter's wife. And I, we know Peter was married because we, the Scripture talks about his, his, his mother-in-law. But mm-hmm. it wasn't really until I watched The Chosen that I really started thinking about, okay, who, who could Peter's yeah. wife could have been? And so I started thinking about, okay, well, Peter left everything to follow Jesus. Every, he left his, his job to follow Jesus. That's a conversation you have with your wife, right? Hey, by the we way, know. I'm going to quit yeah. my job, <laughs> and I'm going to do this new thing. What's that new thing? How much money are you going to make? Um, well, right. I don't know, yeah. but... Are we going to lose our house? <laughs> It's just there's I mean, no <laughs> we don't know anything that went on behind the scenes as Peter as Peter has this conversation with his wife. But it, there's just no evidence that there's any animosity. Like there there was an argument there. There's no evidence right. of, of any of that. And so 
Well, my opinion is maybe yes. she was pretty supportive of that. You know, maybe she was yeah. supportive. Yeah, let's do this. And so I think about the impact I that think, she might have had on Peter. Sorry, I yeah. just got me thinking. But yes, yes, and it's. Imp- I think you're, no one's reading in the the text here. I mean, she's he's married, and and she has to, she's supportive. She's helping him along. He's not doing what he's doing without her. You know, and um, and he's an elder later, so they have kids, right? Yeah, that's right. So according to the scriptures but i mean he i think it's implied in first corinthians chapter 9 just as that side point that uh there are there are people who took along a believing wife on their ministry you know first corinthians chapter 9 and verse 4 and he mentioned cephas or peter yeah so it it may have been that she took she went along with him on some of these journeys so there's no there's no peter without (laughs) without his wife there's yeah, think about paul paul what he did and how priscilla and aquila helped him well the same thing the same thing is true of Apollos, right? And we'll get there in a moment, but you have Paul who's out planting. You have Apollos who's out doing what? He's watering, Paul yeah. said in First Corinthians. Who helped the planter and who helped the waterer? Priscilla and Aquila. That's right. In Acts 18, they're hospitable to Paul. They're risking their necks for Paul. They are working with Paul. They take Apollos aside and show him the way more accurately. The person who's planting and watering needs someone to plant and water for them. Yeah. This is what preachers, elders need someone to plant and water for them. And so that's what Priscilla and Aquila were. Yeah. I mean, everyone needs so, someone. Yeah, go ahead. Everyone needs that, that encouragement. Paul needs it. Peter, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about the passage in 1 Corinthians 9, but that's a great passage too. You know, don't, shouldn't we have believing wives to accompany us like Peter is what they say, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there are people who are exactly. clearly not in the spotlight who have uh, a Barnabas-like effect on people, an encouraging effect. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, Acts 18 and verse 18 after this, now, again, there was, I mean, after this, read the previous verse. I mean, there's beatings going on and Ryan and all kinds of problems going on in Corinth. Well, Paul's there, yes, but so's Priscilla and Aquila, because it says it. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and took leave of the brothers, set sail for Syria, and with him, Priscilla and Aquila. And at Centria, he, Centria, he cut his hair, he was under a vow, and they came to Ephesus, and he left them there and he went on. So I think of, I, I, I've preached this so many times about Paul being in Ephesus and Timothy being in Ephesus and how hard it was for Timothy in Ephesus. Yeah. Paul says, Timothy, remain in Ephesus. All right. Yeah. Um, Paul talking about Ephesus in 1 Corinthians. Well, he's, he's, uh, he's writing from Ephesus. He's writing 1 Corinthians. He says, I must remain here because there's, there's, there's an open door, but there are many adversaries. It was a hard place. He fought figuratively with beasts at Ephesus, 1 Corinthians 15. It's a tough place to preach. Who's there? <clears throat> Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. You know, and um, on top of that, which, which uh, we'll see is when they were at Ephesus, at least one time or the other, um, it seems like they moved around a lot. But I know at least one time when they're in Ephesus, and I want I want to just put a, a, a marker there in Acts and go to 1 Corinthians, because when Paul writes the letter, he talks about how difficult it is, okay, 
Um, he's in Ephesus, and in 1 Corinthians 16, like I mentioned, verses 8 and 9, it wide door has been opened. There are many adversaries. But now let's jump down to verse 19. The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Prisca, or Priscilla, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Timothy was in Ephesus because he had to stay there because Paul told him to stay there because it's you, he, he, he wants to leave. Get you got to stay. Well, here's another couple that's going through trials in Ephesus, and while they're doing so, they said, hey, church, meet at our house. Yeah. I mean, they're in Rome. They get kicked out of Rome. They go to Corinth. Um we know that they'd housed they'd house Paul there in Corinth. They right. they move on to Ephesus. They're preaching the word of God and say, "Hey, church, meet here." Yeah. Um, and that's just that's just the beginning of it. But yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, I just it, it again amazes me like the the generosity slash hospitality of these two. Again, they've lost a lot in Rome, yeah. and they are lucky and blessed enough to have a a good trade where they can move pretty quickly and. Apparently they 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 do very well in their trade because they have a house big mm-hmm. enough to house Paul, mm-hmm. and so that's right. after losing all of this, they're still focused on others. They're housing Paul, and then they move again this time of their own accord because they want to follow Paul a little while. And they move to Ephesus, and they're housing the church uh, in their home. Yeah, it's um, amazing. And so just it's the just hospitality, amazing. yeah, just the hospitality yeah. of these two, um, and I think. <laughs> I, you know, obviously we're not really told of how they, of how or if they had any impact on Timothy while Timothy was in Ephesus. But I mean, you have to think that if they're still there, they do have an impact on Timothy. When actually um, we will touch on that with Timothy later, because when Paul writes his last letter to Timothy, well, it's in chapter, uh, they're with him. They're with Timothy. <laughs> oh, love it. Boom. In Second Timothy chapter four. I love um, it. Verse 19, greet Priscilla and Aquila. Some of Paul's <laughs> last words he spoke on the earth, by the way. Yeah. Greet them. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful. I'm a, I don't want to cry, but you know, it just that, you know, Paul's about to die. It's his last letter. Timothy's at Ephesus. Who's there? Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Man. Now, so it's, it's that, like I said, it's that bacon and eggs every morning kind of thing. It's, you know what you're going to get when you get Priscilla and Aquila. You're going to get hard workers. You're going to get steadiness. You're going to get a godly couple. You're going to get hospitality. You're going to get people who risk their necks for you, people who sacrifice for you, people who share with you, right? So that's who you're going to get. And uh, man, uh, I know the kingdom has these, and I'm so thankful we have brothers and sisters like this, but I just want to make sure that we highlight and honor honor people who do that kind of thing. So um, I'd like to go back to Acts 18. You know, if you have any other yeah, yeah, comments, please feel free. Um, but Acts chapter 18, like we said, Paul Paul was was helped by Priscilla and Aquila. So the planter, the planter, uh, the church planter was helped. Um, my lights just did something weird. I don't know if you saw that, but... I, um, I wasn't looking. Okay, verse 24. Uh, now a Jew named Apollos, Acts 18, 24, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. 
But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained him to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him, which I think has to include Priscilla and Aquila. They encouraged him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, and he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Well, here's a powerful preacher, a preacher who knows the scriptures, who's eloquent, who, who, who's right, well-educated and all of that, but he, he needs some help. Yeah. And, and he is singled out by Paul as the one who waters where Paul plants. Well, who helps the waterer? I know I've already said it, but who helps the waterer? It's, it's Priscilla and Aquila. They don't browbeat him. They don't say, by the way, they don't avoid it either. They don't say, well, he's just full of himself. Or they just say, well, he'll figure it out. Uh, or like I said, they don't go off and beat up on him. Yeah. They take him aside and show him the way of God more accurately. And when he gets it, they encourage him and send him on to go do this great work somewhere else. And so then... Uh, he goes on to, um, to Achaia. So, uh, which is where Corinth is, but anyway, that's just, here's just another example of this couple that their, their names aren't in lights. I mean, I know they're highlighted in scripture, but like I said, most people aren't talking about Priscilla and Aquila. We know that. So, uh, but God's God is talking about, and we just listen to what God said about them. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, I think, like, what about us now? What about the people who aren't preachers, I think about? What about the people who aren't elders, who aren't the famous, the super famous preachers, like, you know, Don Truex or anybody like that? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What about the people who are just laboring, you know, every day in their local congregation who no one really knows that much about? What are, what are, what are some words of encouragement to those people, especially as we are... Um, kind of approaching Mother's Day where they may only get like one sermon a year. Encouraging <laughs> them. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today, just thinking yeah, about nope. the sermon I want to preach on on Mother's Day. And so what about, what do we say to them with in light of what we've been reading about Priscilla and Aquila? Well, um, I mean, there's several thoughts. My initial thought, my just my gut reaction would be read First Corinthians 16 because, or Romans 16, probably Romans 16, I think it was, but just the uh, Paul's d just glowing speeches in each. Actually, both of those letters at, at the at the end of greetings, not speeches, but greetings to these brethren and what they did for him. Um, I, I I look at those two those two chapters and and show how show that Paul knows he couldn't do it without them and how valuable they are in the kingdom, and I think that that would be ways to just turn around with those words and say, "You guys are doing this for me, and you have refreshed my spirit." You know, recognize such people. I think it's probably in First Corinthians sixteen where he says, "Honor or recognize such people," but both of those chapters to me really highlight those kind of people, the people that Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, yeah, you know, it's just to tell people what you're doing is, is really the work of the kingdom. And if no one sees it, just be assured that Jesus sees it and he is going to reward you greatly. Yeah. And maybe, you know, <laughs> I think, I think Priscilla and Aquila knew the impact they had, but <laughs> even mm -hmm. if they didn't, it's clear they had an impact because 
um, Paul says, all of the Gentile churches give thanks to them. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think Paul's point was like every Gentile church is thinking Priscilla and Aquila. I think Paul's point is like, they saved my life. It's in the same context of, of him saying that. They saved my life. Mm-hmm. And so they've had, they have indirectly in some way had an impact on all of these churches that I've been going to and preaching to. So yeah. even, when we may, even when we may not know the impact we have, well, we might have a huge impact on the people around us and the people that they interact with, and, and you know, the line could go on. Yeah, if you just look at that effect, you know, the, 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 some may say a ripple effect or something else, but just the idea of, of what I do and affects you, you know, and, and if I build you up, then you, you may go home and help your wife and build her up or build your son up, right? Or then they go off and help somebody else. And it's that idea of passing it forward or, or whatever, paying it forward, passing it on. But we, we, we have to remember that. Yes, these, all of these churches are greatly affected by what this godly couple who did behind the scenes. Uh, let's look at that passage in Romans chapter 16. And uh, read that. I'll read Romans 16, verses 3 through 5, at least the first part of chap- uh, verse 5. Greet Priscilla, Prisca, and Aquila. Her name's always mentioned first, I believe, right? I don't know if there's an example of his name being... No, well, I guess in I did a search Acts 18, for it. Was... He's, introduced, he's introduced before she is, but in all the letters, Paul says, I think Priscilla and Aquila. It's, first, I just think it's interesting. Her name's first, first. Corinthians 16, Aquila is first, but that's the... Oh, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Place? I was wrong. No, that's just yeah. it's the, that's the only, only one. Okay. Well, so it's interchangeable. I'll take that point out. <laughs> um, but <laughs> greet, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. The, Paul took that seriously. Paul took that seriously. He didn't like it when someone betrayed him and he couldn't yeah. count on him. We see that with John Mark. Yeah. We see that with Demas. Yeah. But when somebody was loyal to God and to him and, and stuck their neck out for him, boy, he really appreciated that. You can see it. Who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet the church in their house. So I believe this is Corinth. I believe Paul's writing to Rome from Corinth. Um, could be wrong on that, but uh, you know if that's you know if that's the case, then we got you know, they're they're housing the church in Ephesus and Corinth. They're housing Paul in Corinth. Um, or no, wait a minute. No, Greek Priscilla. So they're in Rome housing the church. Rome. Sorry, yeah, yeah, they're, they're in, in Rome. Rome. They're in Rome. So yeah, sorry, I got that confused in my head. They're in Rome housing the church in Rome. They housed it in Ephesus. They housed Paul in Corinth. I had it yeah. written right on my page, <laughs> but, um, but anyways, that's once again, they have been kicked out of their home. Now they go back to their hometown and what do they do? They go right to do what they've always been doing. That's right. I mean, it's like that. I mean, I, I know what to expect when I go into a McDonald's. I mean, not be the best food, but I know what to expect. I know what the fries are going to taste like. I know what this ha- sandwich is going to be, uh, this hamburger is going to taste like because it's McDonald's. Yeah. You know, Chick-fil-A, whatever, you know. Well, you know with Priscilla and Aquila what you're going to get. Right. And it's those people that I want to just really highlight and encourage that in the kingdom, they're just every day being great servants of God. Yeah. And I imagine we that can't they- do it without them. 
I imagine that they did um, great work in Rome. I, I don't know that to be true, but I know I know one of the problems that Paul addresses in Romans is is well, how come how come all these Jews are or how come all these Gentiles are a part of God's church now? If God's a just God, then then why has He abandoned the Jews and and sided with the Gentiles? That's you know simply put, you know one sentence answer to our one sentence summary for Romans. And part of the problem is the Romans were kicked out, or the Jews, excuse me, were kicked out of Rome. So Jewish Christians were kicked out of Rome too. Priscilla and Aquila were kicked out. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were allowed back in years later. And so now you've got all of these Jewish Christians joining a very Gentile church. And so some division has occurred. And since Priscilla and Aquila were working with Paul for so long in many Gentile churches, um, Ephesus was likely a, a, well, definitely had Gentiles in it because part of Ephesians addresses specifically Gentiles. I think it was a mixed church. But either way, in Ephesus, they had a mixed church, a mixed, a mixed group of people, Jew and Gentile. And so I imagine that Priscilla and Aquila, with that experience, was a great help in the Roman church as they were navigating, great okay, point. how do Jews and Gentiles great point. work together? Yeah, they had a lot of time with Paul working among the Gentiles. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, they, they certainly could have been a help in that. So, um, yeah, so it, it, we just we, we just think about uh, so many different ex examples of that. Um, but uh, what, what does that mean? What does that mean for for me today? I don't have a lot more more to say. I mean, but it just what does that what does that mean for me today in my influence? What does that mean for me today for my example? Uh how how can I how can I put legs on this or feet on this and walk it out? I'm like, you know, what does that mean for for us today, Ruben? Well, I think it gets back to a little bit of what we both talked about earlier. You know, if I'm come to this place where I either feel like, well, I'm not really doing anything, or God isn't really that interested in me because I'm essentially a nobody. I just I sit in the pews, I have people over, I have some of the kids over, but I'm not really doing, I'm not, you know, I'm not really teaching Bible class, I'm not one of those people. I don't really do a good job song leading, so I don't really do that either. I'm not a preacher, I don't do that, and so I'm not always in the spotlight. Um, and so maybe there are people who feel like they're just not really good for very much. But just looking at Priscilla and Aquila, who really aren't in the spotlight scripturally, but man, mm -hmm. the good that they did. As a matter of fact, Paul himself says that, you know, they, they, all the Gentile churches, again, give thanks to them. And I think the idea is they've had an impact on, on so many yeah. people, people they may not, might not even know, may not have even met. And so um, let's take the mother, for instance, who just has the energy and um, time to really just raise their kids and they don't, they don't work. They don't, um, you know, obviously they don't preach or anything like that or lead singing, mm -hmm. but they take care of their kids. And then you've got, you know, five generations deep of Christians because of the work the mother did. Maybe there's some something there. Well, there is something there in that instance. Sure maybe is. the mother doesn't know exactly the impact she has, but it's a great impact on many different That's generations right. and many different people. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we'd put more emphasis on that. In the, it seems like um, the world has had quite an influence on the church 
And uh, yeah. we just think about the influence of a mom can have and at home with her kids should never be undersold. It should never be diminished. Should never be like you're not really fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot that a mom can do at home. And uh so yeah, there there's a great influence there that a mom can have. You know, I think about, you know, even if you're not a Bible class teacher, right? You could, you know, what about what about someone who sits in as an assistant? Yeah. Well, you know, what what about uh, what about someone who helps cut out things for class? What about someone who helps decorate the classroom? I mean, there's all ways to help in the back classrooms. Yeah. What about the mom who goes over, or even the young man who goes over, young woman who goes over to a, a family that's struggling with a special needs child, and they go sit with that family? Yeah. Or they go help with the other kids, or they whatever they do, you know. Yeah. That's right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I remember, and uh, I'll, I'll give an, uh, after giving a positive example, I'll give a negative one, <laughs> but I remember in Ohio, I don't know if I ever said this one, but I just remember in Ohio, there was a young woman who had four kids, her husband wasn't coming like he should. And, but she was bringing her four kids and they had one after another kids. <laughs> and one particular kid, one particular kid was a nightmare. I mean, he just had an attitude out, out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she, she would just do everything she could She'd bring them. And just sometimes it was a fight. Yeah. And I remember her walking out one time and her face was red and her hair was a little sweaty. Cause he, she's been wrestling this boy, a toddler. And, uh, I remember an older woman behind her walking out confidently saying, boy, if that was my child, I mean, she didn't say it directly to the younger woman, but she said it loud enough so the woman could hear it, which, you know, passive aggressive, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But I'm like, here's an older woman who knows better, who, who's in her seventies, you know? And I'm like, wow, you know what you could have done <laughs> is you could have walked yeah. over there. And this is, I mean, I see this happen in Dallin, you know, I see this happen in a good way. It's just someone who said, you know what, let me go help you. Let me go sit with you. Let me, you know, I'll go back to the cry room with you and sit with you through services, whatever. But it's a, how can I, how can I help? And so that's, you think, well, what am I doing for the kingdom? Well, if you help that mom with the, all of those children or with that special needs child, that's kingdom work. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, going and encouraging a, you know, um, a young preacher or, or, you know, even a middle-aged preacher, I'll say, but just in their families, you know, there's ways you can encourage them. And I, I would encourage brothers and sisters, you know, the cheerleader needs a cheerleader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The encourager needs an encourager. The planter needs someone to plant in him. The, the, yeah. the waterer needs someone to water him or her. So that's where uh, that's where the Priscilla's and Aquila's come in in the church, and and yeah. that are there are so many ways to do that. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just about the well. I mean, this is pretty much what you've been saying, but it's not just about the big things. You know, again, no. getting back to like, uh, God, He's only concerned with the big nation building things, and then there's this small well, we family with a small <laughs> issue. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a small family with small issues, and God's involved there too. And so I think that's just, that's just a lesson for us: is the small things yeah. are important too. Um, so it doesn't have to be super complicated or big or showy. It can be just what you said, helping the mother out in the cry room, rather than, well, if that was mm -hmm. if that was my kid. So, 
It's not. I mean, maybe if you walk, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road, but yeah, small things. Yeah. What about, I mean, you know, maybe it's a young man who's <clears throat> upbringing uh, because none, has nothing to do with his own. It just has to do with things that happened in his parents' marriage. Um, and this happens, this has happened many times, you know, you get a young man, a young woman that, that it's because mom and dad, things happened. And now there's just, there's just a brokenness. Yeah. Well, what can you do? What can you do as an older man or older woman or someone to just go over and help them and get them involved and, and, uh, take them somewhere. You know, I, I just think about all of the, all of the men who became my dads in the faith, Ruben <laughs> at times and yeah. how indebted I am to them. And that's why I try to pay it forward because I know, I know what it meant for me. Yeah. So I think we all have those, you know, it's funny. Uh, Petula mm -hmm. always tells me this story apparently because me and Chris were really, really close. And as we were growing up at Dowlin and I always sit with, I'd always sit with the Woodfields, but apparently I was acting bad or something. And I don't remember this. I don't know. Maybe I was traumatized. Uh, and so I blocked it out. But apparently, Petula tells He's me, you, know, it. you remember that time Harold picked you up and manhandled you and told you, hey, look, if you're going to sit with us, you're not going to act like this. I was like, I really don't remember that, but I'm sure it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It's a believable story. I can see that. That's funny. <laughs> but no, it's the small things yeah. that have, it's the small things, right? And so yeah. we really can have a big impact on people's lives just by sort of helping them out where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember one of uh, just, there was one, there's a couple brothers, uh, and they were about 10 years older than me and they just kind of became my older brothers and, uh, kind of pseudo dads, but mm. they we would just do everything together. You know, we play volleyball together, played in softball leagues together. They take me to a batting cage. They'd go take me to play volleyball at a preacher's house, you know, yeah. a couple hours away. He had these yearly volleyball things and, and, uh, man, just things like that. And I remember all those road trips and, uh, uh, playing euchre in the car is four people playing euchre in a car, you know, while Chris Witsit's driving with his knee, you know, you have to go play volleyball. I mean, I remember that as a kid, you know, as a teenager, yeah. just little things like that is, is, is here. I'm a, I'm, I'm a waterer now. I'm a, you know, but, but someone watered me, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's the, that just, I can't say it enough that, that the value of that is you can just can't put a price on it. So that's, that's, I guess we're all finished for today. All right. So. Well, I, I appreciate the study. It's been a good one to think about the people who aren't thought about very often and the enormous impact that they have, even though we don't, even though they're not in the spotlight. So I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll close out with a word of prayer. Uh, no problem. Why don't you uh, close us out? Okay. Uh, Father, we thank you for Priscilla and Aquila. We thank you for their influence. We thank you for the Priscilla's and the Aquila's that are around us everywhere. We pray, Father, that you will bless them richly, help them to know that the work they're doing is great, and we know that they're not seeking it, but we pray that they will be assured and comforted, knowing that what they're doing is helping the spread of the kingdom. We pray that all of us can can do the the everyday things, the simple things that may not seem like a lot, but they are big, and, and that we can help each other and encourage one, one another and help the kingdom grow. Thank you for this time of reflection. We pray, Father, that we'll always seek to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. And thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at Aaron, that's A-A-R-O-N, at shepherdingtalk.com. Thanks and have a wonderful day.